thank you for listening to the Compete with a Stack podcast. I'm your host, Coach Adam Carter, head football coach at Grayson High School in Grayson, Georgia. I started this podcast to give coaches out there a 335-slash-3-high safety resource. I love this defense, and I enjoy hearing how others structure their defense to find ways to win games. I've been blessed to have some of the best coaches in the country come on and join us and believe you will gain a vast amount of knowledge from them. Thanks again for listening. At the conclusion, please rate the podcast on iTunes and leave comments. Thanks again. Hope you enjoy. Special thanks to our episode sponsor, Sky Coach. Sky Coach is the best sideline video on the market. What makes Sky Coach different from the competition, in my opinion, is the customer service. They're always there to help whenever you need it, no matter if it's right before kickoff or on a Monday afternoon. Simple setup and a system you can count on on Friday night. Contact Heather on Twitter at Sky underscore Coach or support at MySkyCoach.com. Welcome to the next episode of Compete with a Stack. Um, today we are joined by Coach Ben Campos, front defensive coordinator from Carbondale Community High School. Um, coach has an a interesting background. I always find it interesting, Coach, when you have um, offensive line coaches that have worked at the offensive line for years and then flipped over to the, to the dark side, as we like to say over here on the defensive side. A, a guy that I went to college with, I played, he played college offensive line at West Georgia with me, and now he's a D.C. at Milton, which is one of the top 7A schools here in Georgia. But uh, Coach has been running a stack for years now. Um, and, and doing it at a very high level up there in Illinois. And so uh, we're, we're happy to have you, Coach. I appreciate you giving us some of your time today. That's no problem. Excited to, to help. So Coach is going to talk about his, uh, his base structure um, out of the 3-3. Everybody's is different. Um, that's kind of the cool thing, man. I think years ago when before, before um, you know, I guess in the last couple of years really, people kept everything so tight to the hip when it comes to the stack. It was just kind of like a little, everybody had their own little secrets and all this stuff. And so I think this is a cool little way to, to go on and people to listen to you and, um, and be able to, to, to see a different perspective and see how other people are doing it at a high level. So today we're going to talk about that attached tight end. I, how much attached tight end do y'all see up there, coach? I feel like most of the time, every, every week when we're doing our hit chart on Sundays, um, an attached tight end is coming into the place. And I assume that's, you know, with us, it's, it's because of the, the, the structure, but also it limits some of the pressure stuff that we do. So I'm interested in that later on. But how much of this uh, attached tight end do y'all see week to week? Week to week, uh, you know, we probably see uh, at the very beginning of the year, we see a lot of tight end wing. Um, but then once it gets going, I, I'd say – you know, maybe about three or four games a year, we get about we, – we get – I would say most teams are about 20 to 30 percent uh, tight end. So it's not a whole lot. Um, you know, we as defense, we lick our chops whenever we see, you know, five defensive line or five offensive linemen and no touch tight end. We're ready to, you know, bring the pressure. But we get that tight end, we have to make some adjustments. I don't think that it takes away from our – pressure you know I don't feel like it does take away our like mentality and what we want to do but it's just enough that we're out of our comfort zone that sometimes it just it messes with us so there's always you know different ways of attacking to it and different ways of of just making sure that the kids are comfortable in what they're doing and what they know 
And so there's times we go back into that stack where we just say, screw it. We're going to go ahead and, and put these guys back in our stack and get them where they're comfortable and let everybody else kind of, you know, uh, do what they're supposed to do as well. Quick background um, on Carbondale, Coach. How, how many um, how many kids are in your school? How many players you got on your team? You you play guys both ways. Are you two platoon? I, the only reason why I ask is because we're 7A here in Georgia, so when people listen to me talk, they're like, well, Coach, you got all these kids and you got this and that. And I'm like, well, that ain't got nothing to do with the scheme. There's people that runs this at all levels. So I just, just, curious, um, just curious on my part. Uh, we have this year, I think our enrollment's 925. The highest we've been is a – and the time I've been at Carbondale is about, uh, I would say, 1,100. No, I'd probably say about 1,050, somewhere in there. Um, but right now we're at 925. Uh, and on average, a year, we have about 65 to 70 kids in our program. So um, it, it's just it, – it'll fluctuate from 65 to 85 in the summer. And then, as obviously, as it gets closer to the year – it's just not for some kids, so you know they'll they'll weed themselves out. What classification is that up there with you guys? Uh, we're five A. So that's 5A. a four A. That's a four A school here down in Georgia. That's a that's a big three four A low four for us. So just for my my Georgia guys listening. So all right, coach, I'm gonna let you have it. So just kind of talk about your um, your base alignment, your base structure. Um, you know, base fronts and alignments for your backers and your coverage, and then we can ch- kind of jump into the. Uh, 11 stuff after you explain your, your base stuff. Cool. We'll do. Now, um, I have the no tight end up here first. We're going to go ahead and erase that, and we're going to go right into uh, just a normal two-by-two two set. Uh, we, we just go doubles right, doubles left, according to where the tailback is at. So if uh, we got our normal two-by-two two set, and we got doubles right, um, our base structure is going to look like this. We got a four-zero-four with our defensive ends. We're going to be head up always. Uh, there are some adjustments that we make, obviously, like everybody else does. But uh, when you when you check us out, you're going to see us in four-zero-four. Uh, when we go with our inside linebackers, we call them our dogs. Now they're going to be directly behind those defensive ends in forties. So it's going to be um, it's going to look really uh, close to the line of scrimmage and it helps with a lot of the counters. It helps a lot with the powers and it helps with those kids being able to be, uh, be where they need to be very quickly. Um, the other one is our Mike. Now he has his heels at five. Uh, he, he will always play with his heels at five and, you know, we'll move him around quite a bit just depending on the scheme. Uh, the next is our outside linebackers, which we call our monsters. Now, our monsters are hybrid players. Obviously, they're going to be strong safety type players. Uh, you know, we've had as big as 6'1", 190 that can, you know, play the run, almost could be an inside linebacker, to 5'7", 155. You know, it's, um, it just depends on what kind of player you got there uh, that you want to play. You know, whether you want to play strong side, weak side, we don't. We try and match up everything balance so we don't have to do a whole lot of flipping uh, and what that does it gets kids kind of adjusted to where um, where they play and how they play so our monsters are going to be usually three to four yards from that player uh, obviously a lot of it will depend on uh, scheme what the offense is doing but we say three to four yards to one yard inside that player 
Um, we also call it thatch, where if uh, they have, if it's a good enough player, we'll have them uh, split the crotch of the uh, of the receiver here. Our corners are going to be lined up in uh, seven yards off, and they're going to be splitting one in two or seven by three, depending on the alignment. If it's a wide alignment, it's seven by three. If it's a tighter alignment, they're splitting them. And same thing on the other side. We don't have a field corner or a boundary corner. Our kids try to stay on the same side of the field unless there is a huge matchup issue. Haven't had those type of issues too much uh, here lately, so we just try and keep them on the same side of the field. Then we have our hound. Now, the hound always plays opposite the tailback over the guard. Real tight, right about eight. Uh, we'll also play them at uh, 10 yards, depending on if we have a, a heavy pass influence. But this is our base structure. So you're looking at uh, three to four yards inside on the outside linebackers uh, from, from the man, not necessarily uh, from the line of scrimmage. Uh, we have a 404. We have 240s. A mic is a, a double zero. And then obviously our corners are either splitting or seven by three. And our hound is opposite tailback and doubles right. So that is our base alignment versus uh, any kind of two by two set. So pretty, pretty um, base for your three, three stuff. I'm a, I'm a four, I'm a four technique guy too. When it comes to, uh, you start giving me a lot of 10 personnel. I'm a, we had a lot of success. I had um, probably the two best defensive ends I'll probably may ever have in coaching this year. And they were both just really long and good with their hands and they would punch and be able to take B gap, but then it helped us on the pass rush instead of having to play so many four eyes. Um, but uh, they, they really helped. I, I enjoy a four technique. Now we play a bunch of fours and a bunch of four eyes for sure. So, all right. So now as you start attaching people, um, I know you got your two by two set up. So just go ahead and go two by two right here, just with an attached to one side. And then uh, and we'll start talking just base alignment and if anything changes and all that stuff. All right. So in our program, we really rely heavily on, uh, obviously, just like everybody else. I'm not saying that I am rewriting any books or anything like that uh, or making any new wheels. What we like to do is we always show our base look no matter what, when a team comes out. And a lot of it obviously will depend on tempo. And then we'll stem to the look that we need to stem to as late as we can. Um, we call it our Buddha. Uh, sometimes we'll have a, a Buddha where we will just go directly into our gap when the guy starts his cadence. And a lot of it, again, depends on what kind of team we're playing. If it's a long cadence team, we'll just, you know, we'll wait until the last second. If it's a quick cadence team, we'll just go ahead and stem whenever they get up to line scrimmage. So um, what it does for us, it, is it just kind of helps us uh, make sure we're always uh, ready and known and get a call quickly. So when we get this attached two by two tight end here, um, we call this our, our tube look. Okay. So this would be uh, too, too far for us because uh, we got the tailback away from the tight end. So when we get this tube look, we, what we want to do is we have a couple different options. If we want to play zone, we're going to go ahead and bring the monster down uh, directly over the line of scrimmage here in a, in a wide nine. Uh, and so that way he can push and then get outside, still letting our dog play his B gap uh, or B or C gap. But one of the things that we've done lately that we've had more success with, because when we get this look, obviously you're going to get a little bit more GT, uh, a little bit more uh, power type of stuff. 
you're going to, you know, teams are going to try and attack your seams here. So what we started doing, uh, and it's been more successful when, when we started getting in trouble with that monster coming down and we couldn't get out to the flat, we started bringing our dog down. So when our dog came down, it did a lot of good things for us. It allowed our monster to creep in a little bit instead of splitting one and two here and, our, and allowed our dog to still play his C gap. So what we like to do up front is we like to long stick. Uh, some people call it long cut, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. We take this defensive end and slam him into this gap and we'll, we'll pinch it just like that. What that does is it, it eats up these two guys and allows our mic to play a little bit cleaner. But it also helps here because what we want to do is we want to attack the outside eye of that tight end, cross his face, and get into our normal C gap. Sorry, here in my board starting to fall. Now it's starting to really fall. All right. So what we want to do is attack that C gap as much as possible, eat that up. What that does is it keeps everything from attacking in here to wanting to spill it out here. Now our spill player is able to get there without much interference, okay? So we, we do a good job of spilling on GT. If you want to run stretch, you know, you've only got one-on-one -on -one or corner and our hound are available to help quite a bit. So Coach, if that, if that tight end blocks down, if he blocks down, that dog just comes right off his butt. If that tight end is going down, he's he's still trying to cross his face. Okay, okay. So he is not trying to get penetration as much. He's trying to get flat and across his face, so it frees up our mic. Um, and the reason we, you know, we have a we've been blessed with a pretty good mic now for for about three years. He's been a man. My board is really starting to struggle here. Um, for about three years now, he's been, uh, he started playing as a sophomore. He's 6'5", 200 pounds, been a terrific player for us. And he's just one of those kids that knows everything about the defense, knows everything about the offense, knows where everybody should line up. So we try and keep, keep him clean. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And so when we bring in our second string, Mike, it helps him because he's now not having a whole bunch of stuff happening in front of him. Uh, so when we come across that guy's face, one, our dog is not used to playing in that C-gap. He's going to play that C-gap. Our monster is used to playing outside. He's there. He's there for option. He's there for bubbles. He's there for screens. He's there for whatever he needs to be. And one thing we found whenever we started getting penetration, uh, when we first started doing it, we started getting that, that, that vertical push up field with that dog instead of coming across his face. They couldn't respond to screen. So we get a ton of tight end screen uh, and it was just killing us. So what we did was we said, we're just, we're going to go ahead and go across his face and keep him as flat as possible. And by proxy, it helped with the power, the GT, you know, um, anytime that they were trying to uh, get that tight end on an outside release or an inside release because of the shade. Uh, now he's, he's no longer a pass threat because now he's getting slowed down to the point where he's got to try and move around our, our, our dog linebacker here. What's so your dog's um, alignment? Not alignment, but is he a square stance? Is he inside foot, heel, toe? How do you teach his feet right there? So what we'll do is we'll have his outside foot back. Oh, I'm sorry, his inside foot, his inside foot back yep. with his outside foot uh, straight up field. And the reason that is is because we want to make sure that we're just um, – 
if he get if he tries to get an outside release, we're not out of position. Okay. Uh, sometimes if you turn him into that tight end and that guy tries to get an outside release, even on a on a wide nine or a or a tight nine, what ends up happening is now you can't recover. You got to turn your shoulders across your body. So we have him inside foot back and outside foot heading up field. And now whenever they step and that guy tries to go inside, it's really easy to lock him up or it, it, it doesn't let him have an outside release. Now, most tight ends aren't trying to get an outside release when somebody is um, outside of you, but whenever they're trying to arc block or, or reach block you on stretch or anything like that, it helps. I like it. As far as coverage goes behind it, it's, that's a cover three shell. Mike's got to replace um, – Mike's got to replace your dog in in his pass drop. He's a hook curl drop. Yeah, uh, we're we're gonna play what we call our vanilla coverage, uh, which is our base cover three. And our base cover three, uh, it, it was pattern matching when we first started out. So it was you know the monsters, for example, uh, the monsters rule was uh, hitch from one, out from two or three, in trips. Hitch from one, out from two, in in doubles. Uh, the, the corner was nothing behind you and your deep third uh, help on post if nothing comes out. So if nothing comes from number two. Uh, Hound was a lot like uh, the Tampa two. He was playing the low hole rat first. So, you know, you get the, the post dig underneath. He would sit on the dig and let that corner play the post. Um, backside corner, same deal. So you're, what they're doing is they're wanting to split the verticals. Uh, these guys here, we're wanting to split these verticals so we don't get that four-vert uh, problem. Now, here's the deal. A lot of people, whenever they get talk about cover three, obviously you want to protect your seams. How do you protect your seams? That's been, a, um, that's been kind of a project that I've been working on uh, while we've been dealing with this uh, current lull that we're in. I mean, hopefully we start February 15th, but... Uh, we'll see. So in cover three, obviously, how do you protect your seams versus four verticals? Well, what we what we found is that the quarterback is going to look one way or the other. He is he is not going to try and look you off uh, on the you know on this side here and then throw all the way back here. So we know that this vertical here is a threat and this vertical here is a threat. What we're going to do if this quarterback looks over here. This corner is going, to, is going to bend into this vertical. So it helps against the switch verticals, and it also helps against the straight verticals. So that's how we defend the four verticals there. Um, so we got away from the pattern matching a little bit because it was just um, – it wasn't le- – it was almost taking too long for our kids to read. So what we do now is we are going to uh, reroute everything on our way to our to our flat, on our way to our uh, hook to curl area. So we're going to work really hard on that this as soon as we get back into it. I like it. All right. So now, as uh, let's go into your what, let's just talk motion real quick out of this uh, Dallas look, this Twins Pro look. So whether you want to motion, let's motion to the tight end side by that number two receiver first, and and then we'll try to get into the nub look. Perfect. And that's a, that's a really, that's been a, a cool development that we do at Carbondale. Um, now I, I didn't 
come up with this defense. Our head coach uh, looked it up online, and we kind of found the program that we wanted. Uh, and we came across uh, Nate Allbaugh, uh, simplest three three five scheme, and we we built it off of that. So it was a terrific starting point. Uh, we bought, we moved a little bit past, uh, like I said, some of the basic things. So, but one of the great things that he does is he has a, a call for his motion. It's called outwall. So normally, when this guy goes into motion, when this guy goes into motion here, we're gonna yell. We're gonna tell our dog to take that, and he's man-to-man on that guy no matter what. So he's going to have that guy man-to-man no matter what. Once once we found out that when these guys get on the line of scrimmage, it is really hard for them to see the motion. So we have a secondary call now. When we hear demon, and that is for the monster, now the monster ends up taking over that guy man-to-man. What ends up happening when we go demon, whenever we hear demon, it becomes automatic man-to-man for everybody. We're still in our cover three shell, but we will go man-to-man on the near side. So we're going to go right here, man-to-man, right here, man-to-man. And what ends up happening is now back on this backside here of the formation, we don't really have to worry about anything other than you know, a, a vertical throw here and they're trying to do all that stuff. So that guy becomes man-to-man as well. And so, you know, whenever the old, the old adage is, if you're playing off-man, you're playing zone. Well, it's real similar to that. He's already at seven by three. As soon as he sees that guy go away, he's going to come to more of a head-up move. And he might take about three or four steps up to help himself out uh, in the man coverage. Your weak side monster right there. This, yes. Is he going to the post or is he just sitting back there still standing to cover three show? He's, what he's going to do is he's going to help out. Uh, he's still going to help out in the steel one we, in our flat. So he's still going to come to this, this area here. Gotcha. He's going to have his eyes immediately to number one to make sure that uh, he has nothing coming there. Uh, but most of the time, whenever we get this look, whenever there's two guys over there, the offense doesn't have the numbers. They don't really want to take that chance. Um, so what we do is if – if we get a team that we know that doesn't want to even look over there, we're sending that sucker. Uh, we're, we're sending him. And, and, the, gotcha. and part of just, you know, a fake base rule that the kids have, we, we have uh, a couple rules like uh, you get big mo. This is a big motion uh, for us. Big mo wreck his soul. You know, he's going straight to the quarterback. And it's one of those things that we don't apologize for. If we get beat on it, we get beat on it. Most of the time we don't. It's just because the kids have – they enjoyed that part of, of the defense. You know, when you play at Carbondale, whether you are the corner, the monster, the dog, the hound, the defensive ends, you know you're allowed to bring pressure. Everybody on that board has a blitz, and they all love it. They eat it up. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. So well, that's, Yeah, that's another way to get pressure right there without necessarily having to – at a call, it's just built into the system. Yeah, I like being right. able. To, we call those your monster. We call our ponies, and uh-huh. uh, and I'm always trying to find different ways to to bring those guys because I think it stresses an offense. It, it stresses an offense a lot more by sending those guys than it does those internal guys. Um, so definitely like that. All right, let's flip it a little bit. Let's motion from the tight end side to the twin side.
Man, my board is. It's going to fall. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, so what we're gonna have, whenever we have that motion, um, we have our dog here. We don't need to call demon because we are unattached, okay? So what ends up happening once we get this, this is an, this is an easy outlaw call. So when we get that outlaw call, he's got him. We're still gonna go man to man. Uh, and here we're still gonna go our cover three rule. So I, uh, Whenever we get this, our mic knows that he's got his run read. And this is where it does put you in a little bit of a, of a you know, confused type look because you got always this threat of this running back coming back with GT. So you don't want to hurry up and run over on that zone. Um, but again, for this guy to run inside, uh, he's got to go through the collision. Uh, so we're not too worried about the mic getting over there. And if you want to throw a five yard in from there, we're going to let you have it. Uh, and we'll, we'll, make the, we'll make the play. Uh, but we'll take our dog and he will take the outlaw call. That tells our defensive end to go inside um, versus this. Normally we'll have nose going there and uh, we'll be pinching here because we'll be doing this here. So that's how we take care of that. We still play our cover three. Now we know that the backside threat is just this guy here. And if this guy comes in here for a screen, we're, we're okay because the monster is more than likely going to be picking him up. Our corner will go man-to-man -man backside. And what we'll do is we'll roll this hound really hard over uh, to help on anything that comes post and allow him to work corner. So if you get your smash route, he's bending this way, and he knows he, knows he has help right there from that uh, hound. So you're probably getting the, the monster to the tight end off the edge, probably. He's going to walk down when that motion happens, or is he going to hit it from depth? Because he's probably coming if the back's away, right? If the back's away, he's coming. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll depend on what happens here. We tell him to read this action here, because if this guy, you know, does all give, gives us a, a hard reach, and he's able to just seal our dog inside and get off on him, we don't want him. We don't want to lose our outside contain because remember, this corner here is, is coming hard here. He's, he's looking – he's got his eyes here, but he's still getting depth, he's, so he's not coming up field. We want this guy to read this action. If this guy reaches hard, he's going to come straight. If he doesn't reach hard, he's now coming down. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's kind of obvious whenever you see it and you talk about it, but you're also talking to 17, 18-year-old kids that they have no idea what they're doing. They're just hungry to go get the ball. So you got to make sure that, you, you know, you rep this. Hey, you get a hard reach here. Your angle can't be so tight because now, if that quarterback starts scrambling, where are you going to go? You know, we're, we're going to we're going to lose contain because this guy is not an outside player. He is, so he's got to do a really good job of taking the proper steps and making sure he reads this action here. So he is going to go, but he's got to do it the right way. 
And then you said that dog to the motion. You said he has that jet motion man. All right, now your monster over there. Is he, you said he still covered three rules? Yeah, he still covered three rules. So he's, gonna, he's still going to do a collision here. So he, he's going to wait for the action to happen as he comes in, whether he wants to go in or out, he's going to collision this cat. As he, if he goes out, he'll go out to here to the splat. Now, he realizes that this action that happens here from this motion is probably going to go with some sort of arrow or anything like that, shallow. So we, he has the ability when he gets that uh, flat to carry it a little deeper, okay? So um, he knows whenever he gets action like that, I've got to get a little bit more depth because I've probably got a deep out coming. I might have a, a corner out coming. I might be able, you know, we might be able to high low it with the corner, uh, anything like that. So he's still going to play uh, this action here by collisioning and then getting out there. If that guy goes inside, the mic knows to help. Gotcha. I like it, Coach. All right, so let's jump into your three-by-one. with. Uh, so what we were talking about earlier uh, with Trey, um, where you got tied in to the, to the two-remove side, open on the back side, and you can have your back wherever you want it. Do you, no, do, you. do you do cover stuff based on backs a good bit, or y'all is just based on formation? Oh, a lot of it's based on formation, and, and you know – what, what they want to do with that formation. You know, we, when we chart all of our passes, um, we're looking at everything, you know, we're seeing what kind of schemes that, they, you know, whether a team's a smash team or a, or, or a crossing team, a, a mesh team or anything like that. Um, what they like to do out of it, we're, we're going to just form fit into that scheme. So we're keeping backside open for right now. Um, I'll tell you as a, as a DC, I absolutely, uh, when I see a tight end and uh, two receivers to one side, I get disheartened. I don't like it. I, I, I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> it becomes really hard for us to, and we're just going to play it like this right now. And we're going to play backside man. And we're going to go ahead and split this here. And our hound will come here. Okay, so, oh, like I said, monster, excuse me. So we have a couple different calls for this. We have pound call. When we call pound, it's going to tell this monster to come over here. When we go pound, we're going to end up going man to man, okay? So what it's going to do, it's going to take this monster here. That, what it does is it does give us almost like a 4-4 look. So we don't want a whole lot of action being like convoluted in here because it seems like there's, we have numbers. We obviously have numbers to the strength. We don't have numbers to the weak side because what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to slant right here. We want to make sure we still have numbers to the weak side. So I'm going to take my mic on my pound and we're going to break him, Okay. So now we're here, we're here, and this dog is here. So legit 4-4 four, four box. Yes. You're looking at a, at a four-man front. And with us, it, it, it becomes um, a lot easier to still play our normal gaps. And that's one of the biggest things that we talk about. Can we still get our normal run fits that we want? Um, when we do this pound, 
Again, our rule's not going to change for this dog. He's still going to try and cross his face. This monster here is going to go ahead and go man-to-man -man here, man-to-man -man here, and we're going to play one high, okay? When we go one high, we, we, we have been, again, we've been blessed to have a pretty good hound. Um, so what we're going to do, because that tailback uh, is going to go that way, you know, unless you get some sort of dart action. Again, it all just depends on the team that you're playing. Uh, we're going to align this, this hound here. And the reason we're going to do this, not because we have numbers here. We have four here. We have four here, but we also have the help. So we have five. We will have the inside help for the run. The hound is going to be a big part of our run. Uh, you know, we're, we're asking him to make a lot of plays uh, opposite our mic or our monster uh, in the run game. So we tell him, don't be scared to come in the box. You know, we had an issue with that for the first two weeks last year where he was just not wanting to get in the box. All of a sudden, game three, man, that dude became an absolute monster. You know, 11 tackles, a pick, uh, was just all over the field. And then he was like, oh, I really like coming down the box. Well, you know, a lot of it's him bending into it. And whenever he's bending into it, it just it, it opens up windows for him that he never thought he'd see. <laughs> so that, that's what we do with that. We'll go man to man. Very rarely do I go uh, any kind of zone coverage versus this because I feel like with this type of stuff, teams want to throw the ball deep, at least from what I've seen. They'll, they'll want to throw the ball deep. You don't get a lot of bubbles out here. You don't get a lot of tunnels. And the reason for that is, is because those guys are far back. It's a clear path. There's no way to get that off successfully and, um, and, and continue to be – uh, good at what you do. So we're going to get, uh, we feel we're going to get a lot of vertical push here. So we're going to go man free. And so what it does is it is going to be a free fall for us here. We're coming, you know, whether we're doing our, our stud here, just like that, he's coming and the, the mic will find uh, what we call our read. If this gap is not open, he will, if this gap closes because he gets a block down, he is coming directly behind. If, if he gets a double push here, so if you get a double team, he'll go here. So it's just a re-blitz for him. We're going to bring a lot of pressure off that. Again, backside with man-to-man. -man. How, uh, how does motion by the number two affect you? It, uh, it doesn't because, again, we have our dog here. We have our outlaw call. He has a man-to-man. -man. So your dogs have got a bit of rowing. Yeah, yeah. We got a, we, we, last year we had, uh, we've got two uh, all-state wrestlers that have been uh, our dogs for the last couple of years. And kids are just, they, they're just mean, they're tough and they like get after you. I mean, it, it's fun to watch them, you know, see a slot receiver coming across the middle of the field versus a 170 pound uh, animal that all he wants to do is rip your ear off, you know? And these guys ever, can't ever get out on their routes because next thing you know, it's wham. We're hitting it. I like it. I like it. So you've called that pound. Yeah. When we bring the monster over, we call it pound. Bring him over. Play cover one. Leave your free yep. set, your hound, uh, which is a, our free safety. You leave him in the middle of the field, cover one rules. Yep. I like it. Same up front, so, though. Your front don't really change. No, our front doesn't change. And one of the things that we do different at, at, at Carbonell and I, I didn't – I've never seen anybody do this. And maybe schematically, 
And structurally, it's not correct. I don't know. Nobody has ever told me that, you know, it, it's wrong. We kind of did it out of necessity. Whenever we got, uh, you know, the zone read teams and the midline zone teams, um, we were getting killed. I mean, the people were just killing us because we were coming so hard after that mesh that uh, quarterback was able to pull and take off. Next thing you know, we've got, you know, six guys around uh, around a running back and the, running, the quarterback is 70 yards downfield just celebrating and nobody knows what's going on. One of the things that we changed was these three guys here, and they know it now. They know it now. Um, they're in charge of the quarterback no matter what. No matter what. These guys will have the quarterback. So if they run into a running back, you tell them, that's okay, it's fine. But your number one job is to get to this guy. I don't care what you do. I don't care how you get there. Get to that guy. So these three guys, we do a lot of, like I said, long stemming uh, or long, long cuts or whatever you call it to, the, to that near side A gap or to the B gap. They, as soon as they get there, they're getting vertical. They're getting an absolute monstrous vertical push because they have got to get to this quarterback because we want the action to happen so fast for that quarterback that he makes mistakes, that he fumbles the ball, that he tries to throw his RPO. And I don't know if you uh, got to watch some of our highlights and you just see exactly what we're talking about. Um, whenever we make these three guys in charge of that quarterback, uh, it, it was a game changer for us. Our defense went from being uh, middle of the road to, you know, getting people off the field on third down. Like, I think the last two years, uh, I think on third down, our defense is somewhere in the 25%, you know, percentile of getting people off the field. We don't, we don't mess around on third down. You might, have, you might beat us on first and second sometimes, but third down, if you get the third down, it's over. And it's just because of this. Third and long, I mean, we've had multiple third and 37s that <laughs> these guys are just hoping to get, you know, fourth and 25, you know, fourth and – fourth and 50, you know, that's one of the goals for them. Like who's going to get the 50 spot tonight, you know, and it'll be those guys. They're, they're just, they're hungry for it. It doesn't hurt us with the screens as much as you think it would. You know, those guys have learned, you know, how to fight off that pressure or feel off that pressure. Once that quarterback gets rid of the ball, you know, it's, it's our pursuit drill then. And they're that's running. Right. I like it. I like having that built in stuff. That's good stuff right there. Coach. I'm going to flip it now and go trips close with a nub on the backside. I know this is uh, – and, and I actually, once you do your base stuff, I want to talk about some – your pressure's kind of built in a little bit. We've talked about that already. And uh, and you you said earlier before we started that, that you are a, a heavy send four, five at a time type team. Um, this formation right here always has seemed to limit – a little bit from a pressure because of coverage in my, and I'm not necessarily a huge cover one guy. If you run man, then it, it's not a big deal, but zone pressure is kind of difficult because if you try to pressure the tight end, you always feel like you're having to spin the coverage away from the trips. Or if you try to run it to the trips, now you got a force player that is really your force player and a, and a man guy on the backside and it just don't fit all the time. So um, let's look at base first and I'll let you talk about some, some pressure if you don't mind. No, that's no problem coach. All right. So, when we look at our base, we're going to run some sort of cover six. Uh, you know, initial initial look, without knowing a whole lot, we're going to run some sort of cover six, which is your quarter, quarter, half. Um, we played a, 
we don't play it a whole lot different than what everybody else does. Um, when we say quarter, quarter, half, we're almost at a third for the corner, almost at a, a, a third for the hound to take pressure off of this guy. Uh, so our, our quarter, quarter comes about three yards from the hash, five yards from the hash, depending on what kind of uh, receivers you got here. And same thing with the hound. He comes about three yards from that hash. So as you can see, it's not a true halfback side, but uh, it does take pressure off of this cat here. Um, what we're going to get again, I, like I told you guys, we are, um, we're really big believers in this to get that guy, get across his face. We're going to do that no matter what. Um, if we have issues with it and we line up, you know, line up in our normal stack, he would be there. But what happened is our monster is now going to come down a little bit tighter. He will not, he will not be. On the line of scrimmage, he'll probably be about two yards, two by two, uh, outside uh, to help against the arrows, any kind of uh, outside run. We don't want him too far deep because, you know, when you give an offensive player space, especially good ones, especially good running backs, you're just asking for trouble. So we want him kind of splitting uh, the difference. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to play this backside. He will have the flat. Um, he will have the hook to curl zone here. And then this is where we bring our four to five man pressures. We're going to send these guys. We're going to send these guys and we're going to go ahead and get um, our quarter, quarter half here. So he'll be bending here, bending here. He'll be bending here. He'll go here. Now, again, this is what we're talking about. When he plays this hook to curl area and he gets this cap going outside, he is not going to chase. He's going to sit. What that allows is allows him to get his eyes back to the actual threat. I don't need to waste three players on the front side for any kind of pass. I need him looking over for any kind of drag. So now that he's got his depth, his eyes go to the area, to this area here, and he sees where the action is. So then he bends it back, and now hopefully, you know, a, the quarterback has been looking over here. He sees open grass. We're taking it away late, okay? Has it burned us before? Man, like the first year we ran it, they, people were killing us on it all the time. And it was just because we didn't do a great job of teaching it. That was completely my fault. I thought, man, you know, we can do it, just get a kid to run out there. Well, there, you know, to get a, a linebacker like that that's used to coming downhill and beating the crap out of you, we got to get his hips, you know, limbered up. So we got to actually do – you know, DB drills with these guys. So when we started doing that and these guys were able to flip their hips and get into that zone, this crossing route stopped being a threat. Um, and now what it does is it keeps our corner and hound available for the double post, for the double post and wheel, anything like that. We are able to get help right here. He is checking out almost that low hole rat area that we, you know, that we need to defend against because I'm sending these guys. I am sending these guys and, and you know, versus this, again, we're going to long stick into this A gap. We might long stick in this B gap and get help here. Okay. And the reason we're going to do that, we have the tight end there. Nobody's covering him. We want to cover him up somehow and keep him from going to our mic. We're going to do it that way. Now, if it's a passing situation, we're going to send the mic here 
send the dog here. We got outside contained here. We can do the X stunts and all kinds of different things there. It's just, you know, for us, we like to get really creative with, with what we do up front. Uh, and it's just because we have essentially six linebackers in there. Uh, and we are not big. Like we've had one big, two big nose guards in the last uh, four years. And they were awesome because we could two gap a little bit with them and it, it would help uh, keep pressure off our Mike linebacker. But, you know, when we put a fast kid at nose, like last year we had a, a kid that's, you know, six foot, 170 pounds. Kid's a muscle, a walking muscle, and he runs an open 11 300. He is, <laughs> he's taking a jet sweep and taking out the kid's hands, uh, the kid's legs on, you know, right next to the handoff. So when we do stuff like this, it's just because we can go ahead and get these type of athletes up front. And, you know, I would love to have, you know, 6'3", 295 all the way across that and, and play the stock and rock and robots like a lot of people do. We can't do that. So that's why we ask these guys to get a lot of uh, penetration and be uh, the jerks that they can be uh, to get to this quarterback. If you do send that NCAA-style blitz right there from the trip side, from a coverage perspective, how do you adjust with that? Do you have to roll that, that hound down or you just go straight man? No, what we'll do is we'll just uh, – like we'll still play our quarter, quarter, half versus this. But uh, if we have – let's just say that this guy is, uh, is, is, is the receiver that's been out there. He's been the, the bubble guy or he's been the, the decoy for the most part. And we know that this guy is the superman – we're going to call domino. Okay. And for us, domino is now we're man to man here, regardless here with these two guys. Again, you're playing off man. You're playing some sort of, uh, when you play off man, you're playing some sort of zone. Uh, so we're going to play our off man here and we'll actually take our monster slide him, uh, over number three here and our hound will pick up number two. And, uh, so when we go man like that, it's just because, we're trying to defend against the crossing slants because uh, we get a lot of this. This is where we get in trouble. We get this vertical and then slant out. So when we slide them over and you're playing off man, it, it kind of helps a little bit. Helps keep your leverage and it allows our hound to still play in the area that he's normally playing. So when you start talking about um, attached tight ends and a, and a pressure deal. Um, obviously, what you have drawn right now, like I just said, is uh, the an NCAA style where you got long sticks, you got, you know, one off edge, one coming B, you know, those kind of things. That's that's pretty common out of a three three or three four, right? But once you start getting attached tight ends, whether it's Trey, whether it's Dallas, it doesn't matter. What's some of like the go to pressures that you that you like versus this stuff? So. This is uh, whenever we talk about um, pressure, this is where we have really come to uh, kind of grow at Carbondale from that three stack. But it's, again, it's all built in. So let's just say we have this, this guy here, okay? Our pressure from the interior here is going to depend on what we want to do with our dogs. What kind of tight end does that guy have? What kind of quarterback do they have? So my personal favorite is our double A gap blitz. Uh, we call it terrier right or terrier left. So in our terrier right, it's just telling our, 
our defensive end, our nose, and our end, they're all going right. So this guy's going one gap. This guy's going two gap. This guy's going one gap. Now what this does is it becomes a nice crossing blitz for our dogs because now this dog, as soon as that nose clears, he's coming hard A gap and he's coming hard A gap. Those develop so timely for us that it allows us, because these, remember, these three guys are working to who? The quarterback. quarterback right? yeah. and, and so whenever that quarterback sees a double A gap blitz open up like that, because where's that guard going? Where's that, where's that center going? I was an offensive line coach for a long time. We're not teaching you to chase, but you're turning, you're, you're, you're flipping those hips enough to be able to get a piece of that guy and help. The second that happens, here comes a, here comes the running dog. So now you got to make an option. You got to, you got to choose here. Who are you going to block? Sometimes they don't block any of them. And now you've got three guys running right up the A gaps and B gaps and, and you don't have any idea what to do. That's my favorite. I'm, if we get that, we're going to go some sort of like heavy man to man where we bring our monster down. He's going to come hard. We're going to go backside with our corner. You get this look here. Uh, with the nub, we're going to go straight man, you know, corner monster. And then what we'll do is um, the hound will come right here and he'll play at seven yards. We're going to go cover zero. We're bringing it. We're, we're just going to come. In the playoff game versus Mascuda, I got into a lot of trouble. And um, I probably will never bring six again like I did versus Mascuda. And the reason is, Coach, is because um, I put my kids in a really bad situation. It was completely my fault. Um, we got trips open, pistol, and we did our dog alignment. And our dog alignment, we like to bring our noses, oh, I'm sorry, our defensive ends to four eyes. We'll bring them to four eyes, and we'll bring our dogs to the heels of the defensive ends outside, okay? We can still run all of our base scheme, all of our base blitzes out of this look. We're giving you a 5-1 look. We're going to get that, okay? And so versus Mascuda, what I did was I sent a six-man blitz. We call it um, London Falls or Rome Falls, uh, either one of those. I sent it. I was incorrect. What I forgot was – I'm sending my mic too, and I've got man to man. We got a crossing route for a touchdown for you know for 40 yards because I left that vacant instead of just holding him. And I got impatient because we've been getting to him all day long. I wanted to keep the pressure. Man, they called it the right way. And as soon as, as, soon as they called that, we got that pressure in behind us. And, and, you know, whenever you blitz, you you live and die by it. But I messed up there. That. That will probably be one thing that I do change next year where I will not be sending six uh, versus trips uh, just because of that. Versus doubles, I'm okay with it. Versus, heck, versus doubles, I'll, I'll send eight if I have to. I just, I, I like bringing the pressure, but um, when we do, when we get that type of look, that's what we're going to do. We're going to send our five versus your five and make the best man win. I like the five-one look. Uh, we probably don't do that enough, to be honest with you, just to create it. But again, I, I was talking to somebody last night that we'll give a versus ten. 
I give a four-one box uh, a lot, you know, because we remove stack backers a good bit. Your two dogs, we remove them out of the box a lot, um, and our three high safety stuff. And so, uh, but that would be a, an added compliment to have those guys walk down like that. I'm gonna backtrack one second, coach. It's gonna be the last thing, and I'm gonna let you get back to your weekend. But on that last blitz, when you had the the ends and B, and then dogs going A, who was the contained guy um, on to the to the trip side? The monster. The monster. the monster and that's why we that's why we're, when we play when he plays that we don't ever put him you know um we, we don't ever put him near the line of scrimmage we we want him playing some sort of off man uh we don't want him pressing we don't want him uh, we want him to be able to react you know to anything that comes inside because really if you throw outside like think about this you got to throw how many yards to get if you're in the middle of the field and you want to throw an out you're talking about 26, 27, 28 yards, right? I'll take that versus, you know, versus this type of defense. Why? Because wh- who are you putting out there? You're putting your hybrids, your, your runners, the kids that can flat out get to a ball. It's not a huge game for, for them to, um, to get. You know what I'm saying? Okay, they get three or four yards. If they try and do that all the way down the field, we're going to pick it. We're going to end up picking it. What bothers us is inside routes, the slant coming from two or three, um, the tight end pop. You know, if, if for some reason that tight end can get loose and then get back to the hash, uh, if, they have, if somebody has a real good one, that hurts. Uh, but any kind of inside route, you know, the people, they, these, these offensive coordinators like to run these in and out routes with the whips and stuff. And I, I, I loved it too. I'm not going to lie. Um, but the truth is our kids don't want to get beat to the inside. We got a lot of people in there. Most teams don't want to throw in there. We have a heavy man presence, so we don't see a whole lot of RPOs. And then whenever you do throw it, you're going to get, uh, you're going to get picks. Um, zone so read. If that quarterback pulls it, who's your quarterback guy right there? What's that? If it's zone read and the quarterback was to pull it versus that last pressure, whether your, your your ends are B and your dogs are A, if they pull the zone read, who's your quarterback guy? That monster. Yeah. So for for us here, we're going to have a monster. Uh, I'm not going to go pound over here. We'll just go corner hound. But we just go here like that. When we have this look, and we get this, you know, terrier right. And we're, we're, we're going to still run it out of our dog alignment. Excuse me here. We can still run it out of our dog alignment. Our monster knows that he's always going to have quarterback. Our, our monster knows anytime that that quarterback comes out in some sort of like option scheme, uh, whether it's zone read or anything like that, they're, they're not over him. They're responsible for that quarterback. Now, remember, you've got three guys that are going to be coming down your throat no matter what. So you start running right to the, you know, if you're a quarterback and you start running to your right, you got three guys coming after you, you know, that all they know how to do is run after you. That's what they get taught every single day. Uh, We got that guy. So all that monster has to do is force him back where? To the inside. Or if you get some sort of speed option, you got to pitch that sucker quickly. Now our mic and our corner are there to be able to help on that. Gotcha. I like it. We, um, we, I, I'm not a huge, if you 
go back and listen to one of my earlier podcasts with Andy Scott, who's a big, big pressure guy here in Georgia out of 3-3. Uh, he's the exact opposite of me. He's, he's, he's like you, uh, 90%. They're, they're coming. And I bet out of four and five pressure, we may have been 40% this year. Um, and, and that's high for me, really, because I sit there and, and try to do a lot of stuff off check and play base defense. And, you know, I'm just a, I'm a little more conservative at times and, and those kind of things, which, again, there's no right or wrong. I know that we got a school here in Georgia, Lee County, that just played for a state championship and lost in overtime. And uh, coach sends them cats all the time. I mean, he's sending six more times than you can count. And, uh, and I'm sitting there going, holy crap, I just don't know how you do it. But, uh, you know, I, I'm getting there, man. I, I, hopefully, hopefully if I keep learning and, and getting more comfortable with this stuff, I do like that where, you know, you, you have some, some guys built in automatically, you know, based on some formations or motion. That stuff right there is really good because now it kind of it's, – it's more of a check system to me. It's already built in more so than, than calling and guessing from the sideline. So I really like that. Coach, man, I, I, I've greatly enjoyed this. Um, Coach has a video right here. I'm going to save it. Um, I'm going to post the uh, the podcast, Coach, and then I am going to um, let anybody that, that wants the video shoot me a direct message, um, and I'll also shoot this video to you too. That way, uh, if um, if you need to use it for anything, you got it as well. But uh, it's been it's been a huge help, man. I appreciate you spending some time on the Saturday afternoon to uh, to help us out. And it's no problem. I love talking ball, and I appreciate you having me on. And you know, go Terriers. All right, man. Thanks again, Coach. Enjoy your weekend. You too. Take care. See you. Thanks again for tuning into the podcast. Please remember if you have any sideline video uh, needs to contact Heather at Sky Coach or send me a direct message and, and I'll help you any way I can. Thanks.